Welcome to Broken Corners. My name's Armando. And I'm Karen. Uh, this week we are going to review uh, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. This is an old book um, written by Judy Bloom. I don't remember the year. I want to say maybe 84? I don't know. Definitely in the 80s, though. Yeah. Um, so this season, you know, we were, we were talking about doing sort of a book club situation. Uh, who picked this book? Oh, I picked this book. This was, when I was a kid, this was one of my favorite books. Um, reading it as an adult, um, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I mean, it's okay. It's not a good book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's from 1972. Is it really? Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. It, it just felt so 80s though. Yeah. Maybe because I read it in the 80s. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's I don't know. I mean when you when you go back and, and read something like this, it's kinda like, you know, watching Goonies or something like that. Like, you know, you get the uh you get the vibe of it, but it's just like, oh yeah, you know. It's it's like the thing of when I remember going back uh to my I don't know why, but going back to the the Catholic school I went to for elementary school and seeing my fourth grade classroom and you just feel like you know, the whole you feel like a giant and everything smells like um like puke and wood chips. Uh it's just so weird. So anyway, but it's like mentally doing that. You know, like you're trying to jam your legs under the desk of this yeah. book. I mean there is something about um like, you know, you had mentioned Goonies. There's something about watching Goonies and then watching something that's trying to be like Stranger Things, you know, which is a nostalgia version of those 80s like movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the ones are like the Stranger Things is always just slightly more hip and stylish um, because, you know, it's made today. Um, yeah. So like going back and reading this, I was like, oh, OK. I mean, I saw elements. Of, I, I know why I like the book. Yeah. Um, Do you remember when you read it? Yeah, it was probably in fourth grade. I think I read it. Um, So that would be. Oh, so it's a little on the nose. Yeah, it would be 1986 uh, for me, which is a long time ago. Was that like 34 years ago? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Had you you read many other Judy Bloom books or? Not before this one. The second one I read was Super Fudge, and then Oh God, Margaret. Uh, oh God, <laughs> Oh God. Um, it's Dear God. Oh no, now I'm second guessing it, but it's Dear God. Are you there? It's me, Margaret. Oh, there was Oh God. Are you there? <laughs> it's me, Margaret. <laughs> I really. That's how I thought it was. I guess. I, yeah. Um, she was Jewish. Oh, I didn't. I, that. <laughs> you know, oh, it when just, you live in New York, there is there you know all the all the accents are just one. <laughs> right, right. All the all the older accents are yeah. It's funny. Well, it was so. This was funny to me because uh, not funny, haha, funny, weird. Because I didn't realize when I started reading it that the the protagonist would be a boy. Oh, okay, you never read this before. Uh no. Oh, or, okay. or I'm, I might have. Um, I hated books like this when I was a kid. Books like what? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not a read. It's not a read. I'm not coming for you. No, it, uh, I mean, like when we would get assigned books like this. Yeah. I hated them. Like, um, I remember reading that book, How to Eat Fried fried Worms. No. Do you remember that one? No, not at all. I don't know. It just it just all sort of seemed like nonsense. Like I couldn't. Um... Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, these these books that were so so now that I read them as an adult, it's like oh right. So these were very sort of empathetic takes of an adult, you know, uh, talking like from the perspective of a kid. Oh, so you found it condescending. Ah, maybe, but it was more just that it didn't, um, it was so unrelatable for me. Mm, Like, like, um, like sort of the perspective in Little House was a lot closer to what my upbringing was like, as opposed to this kind of like upper, upper class, 
Oh yeah. Um, super, you know, super liberal. You know, they're what on the upper upper west or upper east side? Uh, I would say upper west, right? Because they were by Central Park. Is that yeah. West? yeah, yeah. Um, but I also just thought that this was what New York was like, so I didn't realize there was any kind of class thing. Like it just was, you know. Like in "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret." Her, uh, she moves out to Jersey from probably like right near right near you know that kind of same area so now that i live here i know you have to be have you know a pretty decent amount of money to live there and uh so they moved out to jersey and it also it was to get away from her grandmother (laughs) because she sort of had too much influence Mm. over her and her mom didn't like it anyway we don't need to talk about that book but so like this book (laughs) i just but so how how would you summarize this book in a couple lines? Um, I mean, you know, I I, I too cannot identify with this child's uh, life, but I think what I identify was with was like feeling like, you know, the child who is not um, loved or appreciated. Yeah, and I think that's probably the most uh, close that I can identify with this book. I I, I think it's not a coming of age story. It's really just about a kid. It's in really fourth grade. In fourth grade, just going through the motions and having to deal with his little piece of shit brother. Right. So he's in fourth grade, and then and then Fudge is what? He's two or he's three. He just, I believe, he turns three because they have that chapter with the birthday party. Oh, right. That's his third. Okay. And, and yeah, so if he's in fourth grade, what is he? He is Eight? ten. So there's about a seven year difference. He was between ten. He's ten. Yeah. Seven. Oh no, he's nine because he keeps saying he's nine. He's a okay. nine year old boy. So there's about a six and a half to seven year age difference between the two. So the book is about it's it's about this. It's from the perspective of this older brother who's still a pretty little boy, not a pretty little boy, but a Such little boy, a pretty little boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and. His dad works in advertising and his mom is a stay at home mom and his little brother is an asshole. Is that, is that about right? No, fuck that kid. That kid's a piece of shit. (laughs) So when I was reading this, so, I mean, I, I'm a child free used to be by choice. Now it's just the way it is. Uh, I'm child free. So like the, I haven't had kids. I mean, I certainly, was a nanny and babysat a lot when I was younger. And um, I just didn't encounter kids like this too much where they just do awful things. They eat everything. They're sort of like half wild animal. And, and I, I don't know if the, I, I don't know if the implication like nowadays, it, you know, would it, immediately I thought like, Oh, he's probably on the spectrum a little bit. Yeah. But then, but then it was just like, or he's just a weird little kid. I mean, I think he's a kid that probably needed, a, you know, a little smack. Well, he got he got a smack. Once. I know, and he and he, what did he do? He shipped right up, didn't he? Except, at, you know, he didn't because later on you find out a terrible act that we will get to later. <laughs> well, so the the battles that kind of rage, or he won't eat. <laughs> And that goes on. They so every time he won't do something, they try to get the older brother Peter to to do it, even though it's wildly inappropriate for his age, uh, just to model the behavior for Fudge. And then Fudge does it. So it's kind of, I mean, in some ways, it's kind of sweet because Fudge really does want to, you know, really he responds to it. He wants to be like his older brother, so that's cute or whatever. But then. Uh, it leaves Peter always having like Peter's so polite and he always, he's always managing other people's feelings. Yeah. And he's always doing things he doesn't want to do because yeah. he knows that's what's expected and he knows it's easier that way. Right. And Oh man, is that triggery for me? <laughs> yeah, I think that same here. That's, that's exactly what I, you know, I can identify with is always like being taken places and always doing things I never want to do. And, and, and even like to this day where like, if I have to do something, I am slightly childish about it. Like if I don't want to do it and I'm like, fucking shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, even to this day, it's like, I really, I, it's, it's like not, um, not healthy. My reaction to doing things that I 
don't want to do and should do because it is the you know it is appropriate yeah yeah i <laughs> it's yeah it's hard to it's hard to stop feeling <laughs> that way uh but i don't know but that kid though he so the mom I don't know if, if the idea was just, oh, the mom is too indulgent or because she she also is very emotionally available. She's emotionally available to Peter, but only when he loses it. So it's like Fudge is like he Fudge is being as genuine as possible all the time. Yeah. He's just letting it all hang out and doing terrible things, whereas Peter tries to be good and never is rewarded for it and only gets rewarded for it when he yells at his mom and is like, you don't love me. Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's really is a fucked up household. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, I don't know. I mean, the, I just don't, I just never like any of the behavior that fudge does. I, I really mean this. I literally would have been murdered for doing. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I mean, at least beaten beyond repair. Yeah, beyond repair. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's the that's the kind of thing of. Uh, I mean, parenting was parenting was very different. Like people are so much more. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say permissive, but people are so much more child focused mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Whereas I think this kind of parenting back then. Uh maybe wasn't as common or maybe it's more, maybe it's a class thing again, I, where it's yeah. more common, you know, I do if think you live on the I, Upper West Side. I do think it's a class thing because if you remember where the, during the birthday party and um, Fudge has those three friends over and they're all terrible little kids. Like one of them right. is like basically scared of everything. Um, this little boy who, and you know, is just screams all the time. Yeah. Um, the other one is um, the Fat. young girl. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's that one, and then the young girl is um, she bites. She's a biter. <laughs> That's her thing. And everyone's like, and then the parent is like, did, did it break skin? No. Oh, you're good. Don't worry about it. Right. I mean, instead of trying to like you know uh, deal with the behavior, it's basically like, oh no, you're you're fine. Don't worry. If she breaks skin, then you need to really get it checked out. Not, I need to check out my child. <laughs> right. And then and then that little girl bites the shit out of Fudge and Peter's grandmother. Yeah, but she had it coming. Oh, yeah. She was trying to help her. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Fudge's behavior just sort of escalates and escalates. Uh, and at one point, what does he do? He he tears up. Peter has a school project. Right. And... and uh, what is so he goes fudge goes in there and tears up the poster so then the mom actually spanks him yeah that's the time the mom spanks him yeah and then they they do end up getting they let peter get a, a bolt for his door yeah so the arc of the book it starts with peter wins a turtle at a birthday party for guessing the number of jelly beans in a jar yes, is that right that's right so he gets this tiny little turtle and takes it home. His mom doesn't really like it because it smells, but he gets to keep it in his room and it's his and not fudges. And so I don't remember. It was, it was sort of in retribution for something, but so what the, what the book escalates to at the end is that, uh, is that Peter comes home one day and <laughs> fudge has taken a chair, gotten on it so that he can lift the bolt gotten in peter's room and the turtle is gone and then he tells peter that it's in its tummy i had to, I, I didn't have to i listened to this as an audiobook of judy bloom reading it and her voices for them just made me want to die oh god thank god i read it yeah um <laughs> but so yeah so he he's eaten the he's swallowed the damn turtle and then uh, the mom freaks out and they they have to, you know, take the little kid into the hospital because you can get botulism from turtles. Like that seriously, it isn't just that he swallowed it, like <laughs> it's not great. So they so the fudge is in the hospital for a couple days while they wait for him to pass it. And then the most tragic thing I thought was that the um like Peter's out in the waiting room and they they have a friend who's a doctor so who meets them at the hospital like his dad's best friend or something. And the friend doctor comes out with his mom 
and they tell him, you know, Fudge is going to have to pass this. It's it's not good, but he'll probably be all right. And <laughs> and then and then Peter's like, so will my turtle be all right when he comes out? And like he and that's when you like because he's such a little grown up a lot of the time with you know, because you get his inner monologue right. of like all the stuff he's thinking about and that he's balancing. And so then you realize that he honestly doesn't get that his turtle is dead. Right. And then in my mind, you hear, well, little boy, that you're going to have to get a new turtle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, young man. <laughs> yeah. Fudge wins again. Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking fudge. Yeah. Good. Too bad, Peter. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Fuck. You know. But then what happens? Oh, you want me to give away? Well, I mean, they, uh, well, Fudge has, it takes a couple of- Oh my God, we, we did not give a spoiler alert for this book that's 50 years old. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> basically, Fudge finally passes the turtle because they give him, um, castor oil and, and Mylanta or Malex. And, <laughs> yeah, Malex. And yep. he finally passes it. And even in the sad part is even even to the end, poor Peter is so hopeful because he's like, oh, um, you know, he, you know, they get they get the phone call that Fudge passed it, and then he's kind of hinting, like asking about the turtle, but you know, no, it's it's no go. And then he's so upset. And then a right. And then when Fudge comes home from the hospital, he has all these presents, and everyone right. like celebrating him taking his shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and killing the pet. Yeah, T- taking this shit all over Peter's life, and um, but then like like is it a day later or later on? There's a big box that mm-hmm. the father comes home with, and and it's bigger than any of the gifts that Fudge got. So big, and inside, it's a puppy. Yep, and and he's like, "This is the day my life changed." And all I kept thinking was this sadistic bastard's going to stab that dog, fucking carve him up, <laughs> and eat him. Because <laughs> his parents even say he's, he's too big for Fudge to eat. That little, oh. that little piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I, I mean, do you think that some kids are just going to be like that no matter what family they're in? Or do you think it's like an expectation of behavior? Because why was Peter different, you know? I mean, because he, he was pro- – I mean, you have to look at the parent situation when he was born, right? Maybe um, maybe the dad wasn't so busy and spent a little bit more time with him, um, you know. I don't know. It's all about, I mean, you're going from the 60s to the 70s. Uh, Peter would probably have been born in like 19, what, uh, 1964. Yeah, his, da- his dad was just getting back from Nam. <laughs> it's a different time. Uh, different time. You know, I, I don't, Lieutenant you know, dad. I don't know. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's such a um, stereotypical, like, husband right like he doesn't like you know the mother goes away for the weekend to have an affair and um no (laughs) (laughs) that would be awesome with mr berman the shoe salesman and um (laughs) it just pretends her sister had a baby and you know her husband will never ask about the baby and he'll he'll never ask nor does he ever give a shit because he's too busy banging his secretary (laughs) and um who gives wet kisses to Peter for some odd reason. Oh. Yeah. That whole thing is weird. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a yeah. weird interlude. So the mom leaves for the weekend to go uh, help her sister with her new baby. And then leaves the husband to take care of the boys. And he just takes them to the ad agency and leaves them with his assistant. And then Fudge is like, his teeth are all busted out because... It doesn't matter why. And his hair is all chopped up. So he just looks like a ding dong. And so they're, I don't know, they're out in the hall. They're near like a cattle call for little kids to be. Um, is that what it's called? Cattle for- call? It's what, it's what they're called sometimes. Oh, I, yeah. I was asking. I thought you were just. Um... No, I think, I think I've heard that. I mean, I don't think that's like the official name. Okay. I think it's, a, it's like an open call. Oh, okay. A casting call. Yeah. Casting call. <laughs> yeah. Um, for these little kids to be in a commercial. And so then the, uh, the guy in his, his dad and the other 
partner at the agency you're supposed to choose along with the owner of the business. And then the owner of the business sees Fudge and is like, that's the boy we need. And his dad is, um, his dad is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, his, and his dad doesn't want to let him do it. And he's like, just remember, it's your decision. And so then when the time comes, of course, he won't do what he's told at all. There really is no accountability in his book. No. Because it's at every every step of the way when they have a bad decision to do something, Peter is always saying, that's not a good idea. You know better. Right. So it's usually oh, taking right. fudge to, um, what was it? Taking fudge to the movies. Taking right. Fudge and to Peter, the like this, yeah, Peter's this tiny little adult and he says, fudge is too little to do that. Right. F- don't you think fudge is too little to go to a movie? And his dad's like, don't you want to go to a movie? Let's do it. And then they don't keep an eye on fudge and he, they well, lose shit it. Fuck disappears. Yeah, he just because he wants to touch the the bears on the screen. Yeah, and then there's the the birthday party itself was a bad idea. Oh yeah, and then in the, the 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 trip like the day trip to go buy shoes downtown Correct. that was a bad yep, idea. That's also a bad idea, and it, and all you know basically foreshadowed by Peter going, "This is a bad idea." <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, you know, you know, now that, you know, it's written now that I know it was written in the seventies, I'm just thinking about like, just what the seventies were complete and utter mess. Yeah. You know, I, I find it really funny that, um, you know, as a nine-year-old boy, he's worried about, that's another thing I guess I identify with is he's worried about getting mugged in Central Park. Oh yeah. His, yeah. His friend's been mugged several times. <laughs> Like, and his dad will take the subway, but his mom won't. Yeah, you know, like, just weird 1970s and kind of New, New York. York. Yeah. That was fascinating. Yeah. I, yeah, I was wondering if that, uh, you know, rang any bells for you. Of how it you did, up. yeah. No, it did. I was always worried about getting mugged or my mother getting mugged. Um, I just, yeah, it was really funny. Well, that's why they didn't really, they kind of kept us home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was the early covid yeah it's just crime <laughs> yeah crime <laughs> you know social distancing <laughs> yeah i don't i don't i don't think there are no like adult you know maybe it's kind of like peanuts where there are no like good adults you know oh it's like that in uh in it too mm. in the book anyway yeah the adults are just like fools well, that oh, so something about it that just like gave me I couldn't shake this idea when I was a kid because uh, I I had seen part of the movie, um, the old movie uh, with the one with the guy, the one with the guy who died from Three's Company. Um, What's his John Ritter? John Ritter, yeah, uh, Mister Furley. <laughs> Mr. Furley has problems. Problems that you and I No, that's not it. It's Mr. Wendell. Um there was a thing in that in the mini series that was on like ABC or whatever of it where uh like the you know the clown the clown that town that they live in, I think it's dairy, like there's there's evil in the sewers. There's it and there's other stuff going on. Like it's always been a bad place. Mm-hmm. And the this little one the girl in it like at one point blood comes up out of the kitchen sink okay or the no the bathroom sink okay and and her dad totally walks by and is like hey whatever her name is derp to derp and the blood is right there <laughs> and I was so I couldn't get over the idea of did he not it, did he not see it because he was an adult or did he see it and didn't care probably both. It, <laughs> No, I just, I don't know why. I was just like, is that like, ooh, what if that's the thing? It's like everybody's just aware that they're living with evil and they're just yeah. gaslighting the children. Well, the, you could, the children are coming out of their naive state into uh, adulthood, right? Into reality. Right. And then- like adulthood is just seeing the blood everywhere. Exactly. And not in being like, that's the way it is. Go right. to work anyway. Yeah. That, that, that when the wonder, the, when the wonderment of childhood is gone, you have it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. It it is participating in capitalism despite the despair. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, it's it's like um you you saw Lost Boys, right? 
No. You've never seen Lost Boys? No, I don't know why. I just never did. Oh, you have to watch that movie. Oh. So at the end of the movie, anyway, you know, they the mother uh, breaks up with her husband and she takes her two boys to go live with her father in some town. I want to say in Washington State somewhere. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Um, okay. You know, I'm sure someone would correct me. Um, but um, at the end of it, you know, you go through the whole thing about vampires and you find out and the like the last statement of the movie is like the grandfather knew all along. He was like, you know, the one damn thing I hate about this town is all those damn vampires. You know, ah. and it's like, well, motherfucker, like if you had known all this time, you could have like told us. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, well, I guess, you know, it's one of those things where you, know, you gotta, you gotta see if you're, you're on your own. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. What are they going to do about it? Yeah. That's funny. I also, there was another Stephen King thing that I had, like I had that kind of um, fascination with as an idea um, in Salem's lot mm. where um, the, the town priest tries to face down the vampire that's creating the whole nest situation. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he tries to face him down with his crucifix and the vampire says to him, that's only a symbol. If you actually believe, put it down and face me with your faith. Mm-hmm. And he won't, he, he doesn't do it. And so the cross loses its power and the vampire somehow gives him this like Harry Potter style sort of burn on his, on his head. Oh, okay. Like that. And he, and he, yeah. And he can't, um, he can't do anything and he just sort of flees and then turns up way later in the dark tower series. Um, but I was, I was always fascinated by that. Like that, you know, that the, it was, the symbol, the actual physical item of you know, symbols don't really have power. It's the it's the person. Yeah, yeah, the the, the behind exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I also had a thing about vampires from that book of like the idea that uh, if you had to you had to um, give them permission to come yeah. in. And I used to so like I lived in a trailer as a kid, and we were up off the ground, you know, because we're on like a concrete pad, and then the actual house part doesn't start for like four or five feet up. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And so I would just always like imagine the vampire floating up to my window mm. and that then like I would, for some reason I would like out of politeness or whatever, say they could come in. Right. <laughs> well, why wow. You, I guess I thought about vampires. Why wouldn't you let them in? Right. Why wouldn't I mean, Hey, just let them in. Do you not have faith? Yeah. What's wrong with you? And then, you know, it's funny, yeah, all that- those rules, those rules are also in Lost Boys where like, you know, you know, I don't want to give it away because I, I don't, it's also. Yeah, you don't want to spoil Lost Boys. 1986 movie. <laughs> I think it's from 86. Yeah, I don't want to spoil that for you. Um, but they, they have this, you know, they, everyone has the same vampire rules, right? I mean, Suki, you know, they have those rules in, in, in yeah. True Blood as well, right? Um, but yeah, I always thought it was funny that. Um, that there were these rules for things that are, you know, that, that even like in a chaotic creation of, you know, vampirism, they have rules. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But, yeah. Well, I think those are, I mean, those are such, um, those are such sort of fundamental lessons of socialization. Wow, that's a sentence I wouldn't have expected to come out of my mouth. <laughs> fundamental lessons of socialization. Because like the like with my being afraid of like, oh, I'm gonna give them permission, you know, out of politeness, that's like that's such a an analogy for being a woman. Mm-hmm. Of the, you know, like how um I mean how many horror movies do you see that in, you know, where somebody they don't get out of the they don't get out of the situation where they're in danger because they don't want to make the other person uncomfortable who is making them afraid well i mean you can, you could see that today with not asking people to um put their mask on properly over their nose yeah <laughs> you know it's, right you know it's that confrontation that people are 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 not comfortable with yeah yeah it's funny i've had i've definitely had that in situations where like I realize that I'm looking at their nose <laughs> and then they're, they're seeing my eyes dip yeah. and it's a thing. But then I also have been on the other side of it. Like I, um, I went to uh, get my, my port flushed. Mm-hmm. 
I have a, I had a port put in for chemo and I have to, I'm getting it out in a couple months, but I, yeah, that's exciting. Um, (laughs) No more. I won't be a cyborg anymore. I won't have any artificial parts. Um, There's, there's way more time for that later on. Don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, But I, I went to, I had always, um, either taken a car or somebody else had dropped me off because <laughs> I was, you know, it, because I had been sick. And so somebody had always come with me. And this time uh, I drove my own car and there, like I, there was a parking facility. Like if you were going to the cancer center, you get free parking, mm-hmm. <laughs> silver lining, cancer tunity. Um, but anyway, so I drove down into this, uh, into the parking garage and got out and I could tell the guy was looking at me weird, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know why. And, um, you know, I, so I left, I left the car with him and walked the block and a half over to the place. And as I went to go in and say, I say hi to the guy at the desk, I was just like, Oh my God, I don't have a mask on. Oh yeah. Yeah. We Like I literally walking into a cancer facility without a mask on. And that's why the guy in the parking garage, he didn't, he wasn't going to say anything yeah. to me about it, but that I was, you know, standing like three feet from him and my mask was sitting on the passenger seat of the car because it, it hadn't occurred to me, you know, it, I, I didn't drive with it on right. and it didn't, I just didn't remember. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, it's a, it's a funny thing where you can um, like, you think of yourself as so conscientious and then you realize that, you know, yeah, I mean, you're going to yeah. make, you're going to make mistakes. Of with course. It. Cause even the, the other day, me and Tracy went for a walk and we totally forgot our mask. We, th- we, we thought it was like 2019, you know, <laughs> like, just walk out, <laughs> like, bam, we'll walk in, we'll walk in. And like, right. like, and then all of a sudden it was like, Oh shit, I don't have a mask on. And we had to come back. It's like, you know, now I'm just starting to keep like, um, I keep some of my, in my, my jacket pocket, you know? Yeah. And then like, yeah, I could, I have a couple spares in my purse, but I just didn't have it with me that day. And it, yeah, luckily I was walking into a medical facility. So they, uh, they had some. Oh, I was about to say that. And plus they would quickly remind you. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the guy at the desk definitely kind of gave me the face that you get when you uh, when you're not driving right. Yeah, when people just give you that disappointed, like mm, you, you piece of shit, mm. get out of the crosswalk. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. What was it? Another. I wanted to ask. Um, did you ever read Sheila the Great? No. Is that that's based on the other girl? Yeah, that's. I think that that's sort of the next book in this series. Uh, I, have to, I have to read like, it immediately. Okay. Yeah, I think um, it's like, I think Sheila's family moves to Terrytown. Okay. Yeah. And I want to say she has like an eating disorder or something. Or maybe she doesn't have an eating disorder, but she's really thin. She has cooties for uh, sure, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was, she, she was kind of repulsive in this book, huh? Uh, I don't know if she was repulsive. I just think that she's a girl hanging out with two boys and you know, this is kind of a weird gender differentiation. Differentiation, excuse me. Um, I mean, it's a weird. Yeah, I mean, it, this book goes uh, gender stereotypes right down the middle. Like, there, you're either a, a man or a woman. <laughs> like, there right. is no like, there is no um, you know, the yeah. There, I mean, you can look at Peter and maybe say that he's the um, you know, the the quintessential caring male, but you know, that'll probably get beat out of him in like 10 years. (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? Right. Like Peter's, uh, Peter's dad is just as clueless towards him as his mom is. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, that whole scene when the mom goes away for the weekend, you know, it's like, you know, it's like guys night out. And, and, and he's just like a, like, yeah, he's just a, almost worthless <laughs> like yeah you know and it's he, he makes a horrible mushroom omelet and both the kids tell him it's good fudge because you know he's an idiot and peter because he's being nice and then the dad takes a bite of it and is like oh no it's terrible and throws it out yeah and, and then and then says peter tell me where your mom hides the peanut butter well that's a euphemism That's a 
terrible thing to say to a child. <laughs> Show me on the doll. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's the jelly? No, I mean they're, they're, the the all the uh, all the all the all the um the struck the you know whether it was gender or class or race there was there was no race in this book. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Although you you know there was with the doorman. Oh, what was the doorman? I don't know. I thought it's. I, I just think he was like Italianish. Like that was the. I mean, definitely working class, right? Because he's an elevator operator. Yeah. And he's always like so. You know. You know. He, and you know, he goes down and hates all of them. Oh yeah. As someone who was a porter in in for like six months in a rich building, I could tell you we hate all of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're just despicable. Everyone is horrible. Design. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I I think about. Um, I get really self conscious about class stuff mm-hmm. sometimes here, and um, usually if I say anything about it to to friends, I mean, they kind of think that I'm I'm being like, oh, nobody's thinking that, and I just think. Uh, I don't know, I guess, cause I thought it when I, like when I was a kid and like when I was a, um, a cashier yeah. at the grocery store, yeah. like I, oh, that's funny. That's <laughs> in this book, like they call fudge fudgy yeah. and in the town that I'm from in, in Northern Michigan in general, fudgies are tourists because oh. part of like the, like on the, on Mackinac where I worked the, um, like a big part of it is the like uh the fudge all the all the fudge stores like sell i know it sounds idiotic no, no, but no. like all the it's it's like a holdover from the um the victorian tourism industry is like that whole time like selling fudge was a thing really okay. that's still that, yeah that's still around to this day like um they they actually they actually blow uh they have giant fans where they blow um like the the aroma of the it all sounds filthy every time i start to say fudge anything it sounds terrible but of like that when they when they make the fudge they 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 blow the smell out the windows because it's like so that the tourists on the street yeah you are you get the smell of it and you want it right but then on the island too like it's there's no uh there's no cars there's horses so it's just so there's chocolate a, there's a shit. lot of jokes yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of crossover but anyway so like when i was in uh in high school you know in the in the town that i'm from you know people would come there in the summer to um like who had summer houses and in the winter they'd come t- for the ski stuff and um you know, like when people would come in, like the prices would go up on everything mm-hmm. in the summer yeah, that makes sense. and, uh, you know, it would be hard to like get through town. Um, all of a sudden there'd be all this traffic and it was, I mean, it was kind of the same thing, like living in New York where like you, you know, people get angry at the tourists, but it's like, you know, everybody's making money off of them. Right. So well, I, it's, it's part of the, de- not everybody, but yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, it's part of the economy. Right. It's like when the um, Europeans, you know, because the euro is worth more than a dollar, they, they come here and they shop and they buy a lot of clothes and stuff and it's, it's cheaper for them and we make a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, and so like these people, the, the rich people from downstate who had enough money to have a house upstate would come and they would, you know, people would come through my grocery line and I would, I would just think like, okay, this bar of cheese you just bought, that's how much I'm going to make for the next hour. Mm. And it wasn't an expensive bar of cheese. It was like a f- maybe $5 bar of cheese, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I it's I, I get really uh, twitchy <laughs> about stuff like that sometimes, you know? Like I um, I feel I feel weird about it. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that, like, for me, so you know, okay, so you have um, – the family right um peter's family and you know they have money because you know where they live and kind of just like the the level of comfort that that are described in the book right right well and then they say like his partner his his partner his dad is a partner in the advertising firm there's only two of them right so then you're like oh okay so that this is money and then like 
But then you see like when the owner of Juicio's comes to stay with them and how he speaks to the dad and kind of, you know, asserts his dominance over him. You know what I mean? Like you see all these weird hierarchical structures and, and, and it's right. the same thing with um, the owner of the toddler bike company, um, you know, when they want to film the, the commercial uh, and they use fudge. You know, they, how they speak to, um, how they speak to the father, like they just go, like they, they yell out his last name in both incidents. And it's really, you know, it's kind of really weird, like just to see like all these, like, I don't know, this like hierarchical structure and like the richer. He's just an employee too. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has a place and everyone has a boss. Right. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, Like the way he treats, the way he treats his secretary is the way they treat him. Right. Which is, you know, like patterns of abuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's really <laughs> what it boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It would be, it, every time I see a documentary or like, it, it, I think it would be cool to be here in the 70s, but, you know, maybe it wouldn't be. <laughs> I've, it would, it would just, uh, I just wonder how the energy would be different. I mean, yeah, it definitely, well, yeah, I mean, just going back and not being able, like, just could you just imagine waiting online and not having cell service? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You can't, like, surf the web while, like, you know, waiting on, you have to do something. Um, like you actually may have to read a magazine or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have any desires of, um, I mean, maybe, yeah, I guess that's a good question. Like if you could have lunch in any period of time, where would you have lunch? <laughs> Ooh. Or brunch. Um, or brunch. <laughs> Whatever tickles your fancy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I do think like I do think the seventies here would be interesting. Mm. That would be a good one. Yeah, maybe go out to Coney Island, see what's up. Yeah, um, I think probably. Let me see. Probably hanging out in the village somewhere, like in like the late fifties, like when like Dylan was around, coming up. You know, or, or, totally. like the the folk scene over there. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Or like when, um, like when Mama Cass was singing here. She was with that group, the Big Three, before she was with the Mamas and the mm-hmm. Papas. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that that's uh, you know, just in seeing all those like you know people that really like icons, or even like maybe they're not icons, but like you know anyone who knows who they are knows who they are, and then you find out they're all just pretentious fucks. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> what a piece of shit that guy is. Yeah. Or you just be like, I really just still love him. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just cry when you think about him. Like, he's all I ever wanted him to yeah. be. Oh, he's exactly what I thought. No one's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was reading this interview with Judy Bloom from a year or two ago, and she's in her 80s now. Mm-hmm. And um, she was saying that she sort of has this idea that, um, oh, it was because people, people want her to write sequels. Yeah. And so they, they want to, they want to see Margaret. um, Like, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. A lot of it is about her getting her period or like, you know, getting, coming up to it. And um, like people want to tell her that they want a a book about Margaret going through menopause. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> but she her thing is she's just like no margaret is 12 let her be 12 yeah. and um and she said she feels like there's for most people there's sort of an age that defines them mm-hmm. and uh does that does that have any any resonance for you uh i don't know maybe i i, I wouldn't know like <laughs> i don't know you're like that's none of my business yeah, it's like like, I mean, that's like one of those, we had a meeting uh, at work and they had like a, um, one of those ice breaker questions. And okay. it was like, um, uh, if you could be, uh, go back to any age, what age would you be or what age would you prefer? And I'm just like, ah, oh, Jesus. 
I don't know. It just feels like there was strife at every age, you know? Totally. <laughs> like, I don't like, there's not, I mean, you know, just for health and, and physicality, uh, you'd like to be in your 20s, right? <laughs> um, mm. You know, a level of like vibrancy or a level of like, you know, when you um, get up off the couch, your knee is not like hurting, you know? <laughs> like, right. um But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Every I, I feel like, you know, every age has um negatives and positives that and it's also it's you it's it's all the shit you went through so <laughs> like right you know there's no it, this is what we get so just buckle up <laughs> like, <laughs> buckle up buttercup what about you like is there any age that like defines you Maybe 12. 12? Yeah, maybe. I don't, I mean, defines is, defines is a it's lot. It's a strong word. Um, it's yeah. like, if you're defined at 12, you might as well just fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Is that it? Well, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what she meant. Honestly, now that, I, yeah, that, that seems much weirder to me now that. I said it out loud to you, like defined by, um, because it's, (laughs) yeah, because it would be, I don't know, 12, 12 is, 12 is too young. I would say, no, no, I'm going to stick with it. Stick with it. Yeah. I mean, but I don't, but I don't think defined by, I just, uh, I just think there's like, there's something there. I, I mean, I can probably say the same thing at 12 because that's when my grandmother died. And that did have a, a profound effect on how I view a lot of things. Right. Um, but, you know, those 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 things, you know, I, well, those things without therapy compound with other factors. But then again, those compounding factors are a result of you acting with already your de- defined moment. So I don't I don't know. It, it's. Yeah, I mean. Wait, say that. Say that again. So, like, you know, if you have a moment in time, so let's say, you know, you have a moment that that kind of like fucks you up. Every moment after that is a result. You view that you view, you now view all moments coming up under the lens totally that you've been fucked up by. So, yeah, I could see, baby. You know, I could see. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, no, I had a therapist that used to say. You're not you're not in the trailer anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like the the trailer is in the past. You have different choices now. Right, yeah. Um and you're you're an adult now, so you also have your you have more power now. Yeah. And it, but it's sometimes, you know, and that's you know, it's it's actually for a lot of people, it's hard to um escape whatever is that, you know not whether it's holding them back or they're, you know, everyone's still stuck in this particular spot, I guess, mentally, but just navigating, holding on to whatever that is like a, like a teddy bear, an evil, an yeah. evil teddy bear. But it's funny because I, I didn't think she was talking about that sort of like, you know, trauma fixating you mm-hmm. in, in a, in a, like, um, stunting you is a little harsh, but uh, I I don't know if she meant that or she just I I guess I mean I guess it's different if you're talking about a fictional character because if you're doing that then it's it's much less harsh to say that they're sort of fixed in time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, you're like a cat. You're like you're you're never getting older. <laughs> like your body's blowing out, but you're not. Right, right, right. You're not mentally getting any older. Exactly. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe our listeners will think so. <laughs> how how you doing out there, guys? Oh, they're not going to say anything. No, they normally don't. Yeah. Well, so uh, I I probably asked you this last week, and I don't remember. But what are you doing for voting? So we drove to vote at the early site um, last okay. uh, yesterday or two days ago, rather. Oh, uh, yesterday, and it the line was just crazy. Yeah. So I'm going to try again tomorrow to see how the line is. If not, I mean, the way I, I see it, um, by election day, there's probably everyone would have had voted already. 
and it's right. probably going to be empty. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to vote. And working from home makes you know that easier because oh, I'm off. Also, I'm off on election day. So oh right. Um, so oh, that I could just even if like I I it, it's like five blocks away. Even if I walk and then come back home and I like I'm gonna find a time where it's empty. Yeah. But I also like four years ago when um when we, when I voted um I voted. It was a long. I thought you were gonna say like when the Earth stopped. No, when I, when I voted four years ago, there wasn't any. Um, what do you call it? Pre that pre week of voting, early, early voting. voting, you know. Yeah. So and it, and it was a line that was pretty long. So I I, I imagine that it's not going to be that long. But um, right. Well, uh, Brian was saying that there there are you know sort of exponentially more day of locations than early voting. Yeah, I know there, there are, there are, there are, cause there's so, only one in Queens by me that I know of. And that, that takes up probably, there's probably more in Queens, but they only gave me one address, but I know that takes up a lot of neighborhoods around me. Yeah. Whereas it was on, on the day they're at the schools, you know what I mean? Right. So yeah, it'll definitely be more sites. What about you? What did you do? Uh, I haven't yet because I, I was going to the other night and I, I was, uh, I was going to Best Buy. I like my two things to do were to go to Best Buy and vote. And so I was going to go to Best Buy first and then vote, but I thought, eh, I'll, I'll just drive by and see what the line yeah. looks like. And it was wrapped around the block in both directions yeah, for yeah. blocks and blocks and blocks. Um, so I didn't do it. And Brian and Ricardo went yesterday and they were in line for two and a half hours yeah. and uh, I not in the same neighborhood, but Maeve and Matt, uh, they were in line for four hours. Yeah. It's crazy. In the rain it's crazy. the other day. Yeah. Apparently their, their uh, polling site, they, it was like, it was in the basement of a church mm. and the, um, the staircase was blocked off, which I guess was, it's probably because of COVID, yeah. you know, to control how many people are in there together. Mm-hmm. But so the only way to get down to the basement was in this rickety elevator. Oh God. And and you could only have four people at a time. Jesus. It's like, so that's why, that's why it took so long. It also, and I, I was reading too in Gothamist that they didn't proportionately um, distribute people between the polling sites. So, right. Like uh, like Barclays, which you know is a massive arena mm-hmm. that holds yeah like ni- nineteen thousand people. Yeah. Um, they the total number of voters for early voting there is I want I think thirty two thousand. You're gonna say like ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, ten people. But then the then the <laughs> but then the um the one for my neighborhood um is sixty three thousand. Oh, okay. And it's at the it's it's at the Park Slope Armory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't know. And I guess like this this one sounds terrible. The worst one in Brooklyn is at um the senior center in Bensonhurst. That there's a hundred thousand people that are supposed to early vote wow. at it. There's like really with COVID you send like how are we sending people to a senior center? Well, we know. I mean it's it's not like a care center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's like an adult day center where they hang out, right? Yeah, yeah but uh yeah. I don't know. They've, I, I guess, I mean, it's the word unprecedented obviously gets thrown around a lot, but I, I do understand These that this are is a, unprecedented times. <laughs> yeah. That this is a, a weird thing, but I mean, at least people are waiting outside. Listen, I mean, you, and this is not just New York. I mean, this is across the country. You have people who are willing to wait. There was a gentleman. He, I think he waited like 10 to 11 hours. Uh, he, mm-hmm. I think he said he watched uh, some movies. He listened to some, I uh, forgot what um, albums, like somebody's whole like um, oeuvre, oeuvre. Yeah. Oeuvre of like <laughs> music. And, um, and he just waited there and like, that's, listen, that's, that's what it's about. Um, yeah. Before, uh, yeah. That's what Matt and Maeve did. They, they, they brought their devices and they brought backup batteries and <laughs> headphones and just, you know, listen, um, we, whatever he's he's got to go <laughs> he's yeah. like whatever it takes i mean this is like um yeah whatever it takes <laughs> well, I, saw, I saw a thing uh posted on facebook of like somebody uh drove up to a line at a church where people were voting and said how long have you been waiting and somebody said yelled four Boy. years and everybody cheered <laughs> yeah i mean i mean studies show the more people that vote 
the more it's more, you know, democratic. So hopefully, yeah. I mean, you're going to have your shenanigans, but uh, hopefully, hopefully this, you know, he's got to go. <laughs> yeah. Go. And I, and I still, I do, I do believe in everybody participating, even if I don't agree, you know, that's, that's what democracy is. Yeah. I mean, if you remove all the shenanigans and all the voting stuff, and if, you know, everyone votes and that's how it goes. I mean, yeah, it sucks, but I mean, that's true, you know, democracy that's going to get destroyed the day after. But I mean, like, yeah. you know, but that's, you know, that's okay. But it, it's it's just hard to live with so many roadblocks, you know, put up, you know, and like right. so much, like there's no reason why, you know, anyone has to wait in line for 11 hours. It's just ridiculous. yeah that's just no i mean if we really if if we were really trying to be you know aspiring to be a democratic society we would make voting easier yeah instead of trying to be strategic about it we have other countries laughing at us how like our whole voting system (laughs) like like, you know they're all gonna laugh at you yeah 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 but you know we're coming up on it, so it, it feels surreal that it's almost here. But. Yeah, I mean you'll. Yeah, I mean uh, next week's uh, show could be really uh, <laughs> show <laughs> could be really. Um, yeah, oof. <laughs> I don't, I just thought of that song like "Welcome, my friends, to the show that never yeah. ends." I'm so yeah. glad you can attend. Come inside. Come inside. <laughs> come inside. Come inside. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. What have you? Do you have any any recommendations this week? Anything? Uh, TV shows or anything? Enjoying? Yeah. Um, I did. Well, I finished season two of The Boys. The Boys. I don't know. That's that the one. Amazon show with the superheroes that are really fucked up in the head. <laughs> oh, those superheroes! Yeah, it's really good. It's yeah. really fantastic. Season one and season two are, are amazing, and oh. um. On Apple TV, Ted Lasso with uh, Sudeikis, Jason Sudeikis. Okay. Oh, uh, that was really good. Um, What's that about? It's about um, a college football coach who um, gets hired to coach a, a British soccer team. And oh. under the guys that the – so what happens is the wife of the owner of the team gets the team in a bitter divorce. And she want, and he loved the team so much, so she's going to try to find any way to have them just lose to get back at him. <laughs> okay. And so she hires a guy who has no idea about football, but he's you know like a good coach, you know, in general. Right. So And it's just a half hour comedy show, but it's really good. You know, it's oh, it's awesome. What about you? What do you have? Uh. Well, one thing is—is is Apple TV producing a lot of original content? Now, uh, the things that I would recommend on Apple TV are—they have a lot of little shows, and they're like starting to put more and more into it because I think it's only like at this point it's only one year old. Um, mm. the the shows that I really liked, uh, the Servant, um, which is with the weird baby, um, <laughs> that was good. That was like produced by um M Night, but not written or directed, so it was good. Um, and then there was one, uh, mythic quest, which is basically another comedy with, um, the guy from it's always sunny. Okay. And then Ted Lasso will be the third one that I really liked. Um, I haven't really seen, they have a couple other dramas that I might check out, but I haven't seen anything else. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that they were sort of working on becoming a more of a content you know, original content platform like Amazon. Yeah, no, they, yeah, it's about a year now. They don't, I mean, they don't have much, but they have like little like things. Oh, they have like a cartoon that I didn't really like. Like a, like a, um, you know, um, I think it was Josh Gad kind of like central, central okay. park, you know, singing cartoon, you know? Okay. He's the book of Mormon guy. Uh, no, Josh Gad is the guy who plays, um, the snowman in frozen. Oh yeah, he I, he is the Book of Mormon guy. Yeah, he is a, he is Book of Mormon. Yeah, I think oh, okay. so. Okay, because I thought the not, not was, the creators, but he was in the Book of Mormon. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. He was the he was the chubby guy. Yeah, he was in um I think he was in Modern Family for a hot second. Okay, but I don't like that show, I so never, I'm not really I don't I don't know. 
Oh, yeah, Brian liked it. He always wanted me to watch it. And I it's just a hard didn't. watch. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. With love, uh, it's not. <laughs> wait, what did you say? That's meant with love. It's not. It's not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's good, clean fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I've been uh, every every Tuesday. I don't necessarily watch it while it's live, but there's Alton Brown and uh, and his wife um, do do a YouTube thing they call Quarantine Kitchen. Oh, okay, yeah. Where where they just make dinner. <laughs> uh, they they usually make a cocktail and make some kind of uh, dinner situation. Yeah. And so it's just been interesting to sort of, uh, you know, hang out with them for an hour, hour and a half um, on a weekly basis. And uh, it's it's funny. He's uh, I, I always liked his approach to cooking for sure. Um, and he's he's kind of reactionary in a way that's um, sometimes charming and sometimes mm-hmm. not. But I, I really like his wife a lot. Yeah. Um, and. So yeah, so that's something I've been watching, and then, uh, oh, this is just a, <laughs> this is just a, a music recommendation. But I have you ever heard of lo-fi? No, what is that? It's um, it's like music. It's it's sort of um, electro. Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. You don't. Right. <laughs> I know. It's 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 sort of like i i listen to it i listen to it on youtube while i work okay. because it's like um it's almost like electronic uh um elevator music which i probably sounds horrifying but the low the lo-fi part of it is that it um it has ambient sounds mm-hmm. added back into okay. it so it, it has sort of like the record player crackle oh yeah kind of okay. thing and um and the the videos are I think they're mostly um Oh they're animated, aren't they? Like still pictures that are animated? Yeah, like they'll they'll be an, an animated scene, but then like, you know, the candle flickers and the the rain falls yeah, down yeah, on yeah, the yeah, window yeah. and the shadows pulse a yeah, little. It's like, and it's it's just the most chill thing ever. It's really nice. It's like someone's desk or like a usually like a room looking outside a window. Yeah, like those. somebody stu- somebody studying on a fire escape. Yes, yes, I've seen um, the pictures. I no. haven't heard the the music, but I know why I haven't yeah. heard the music. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I because I'm I'm an editor, so it's uh, it's hard. I have a hard time listening to music with lyrics. Oh, okay. Um, and so it's just um, it's a nice thing to have on. Yeah. Because you know, like it just in the background, and it just kind of you know. Yeah. It's kind. Of, it's just kind of cozy, and it makes my heartbeat go down. It's amazing. I hear you. I, I'm not. Um. Yeah. I. I. Me personally, do not like music without lyrics. Yeah. Uh, it drives me insane. I only have but so much patience for it. Um. Yeah. And then it just like yeah, it's it's something that because even like if yeah, it's it's yeah, no, it doesn't work for me because I'm like, when are you gonna say something? Say something. Say something. <laughs> why are you not talking to me um <laughs> I, but that's cool but the yeah. pictures actually are really nice because i have seen them yeah and i don't even think of it as music really yeah. it's just more sort of ambience mm-hmm. like yeah you know, background um, ambiance yeah ambiance i'm from the house of ambiance Ambiance. yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah but um that's yeah. That's that's been one of my little treasures that I that's found. Awesome. So. All right. Well, listen. I'm yeah. listen. Whatever. Whatever gets anyone through right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it's just like for a, a work from home thing has been really nice to be like. Oh, right. I can have. I can have whatever I want. Yeah, it's kind of funny, right? Like it, <laughs> it's true though. It, I can it, have whatever it's, I want. It's kind of funny, like working from home. Like you actually forget. Oh, I could play the radio. I could listen. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, I could I could scratch my ass without anyone like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Without anyone saying anything. Um, right. Like, I don't have to pretend like this faux veneer of professionalism yeah. is contributing to my actual workout. Which is going to be terrible in two years because when well, we have to go back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, the, all the ass scratching has to get, like, reined in. <laughs> right. Know, it's, in like. And like the hair on the back of your head and the hair on your ass has grown together. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't mean, I, I mean men, not me. 
Hey, listen to, to each his own. I'm I don't. <laughs> My hair's my hair's very short these days. It would never grow together. No, listen. Um, give it some. Aspire to it. Give it some. <laughs> you, have, you have a goal. You have something to work towards. Yeah. Uh, oh, I have a I have a a surprise to lay on. Oh, you. I don't even. So I don't even know me. how to react. <laughs> <laughs> so for next okay. week, I was thinking, uh, there's a there's a book called Daphne's book. Okay. That is, uh, a, it's a, it's a kid's book, but it's like, I feel like we could, um, we can sort of pull ourselves up out of the age range that we started oh, with. Okay. So it's, it's, it's more like a book for a 12 year old. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird that I would recommend a book for a 12 year old, but it's I'll, I'll send, you, I'll send you a link for crying out loud. <laughs> That's right. It's who I still am. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'll send you the info on that. It's, it's, uh. I can't think of the author's name, but that's that's what's coming next week. If anybody out there wants to read along, that's awesome. All right, well, that's that, that that's that's next week. Um, and you listen. I mean, our interpretation can be really positive or negative, depending on what happens next week. <laughs> 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 so I, I make no promises, really. <laughs> right. If the. Um, just make sure you download like a PDF of it to read. So if if the Civil War comes, you can read it wherever you are. Yeah, um, get in your attics. Um. <laughs> oh, get in your. Do what you're told. Get in your attic. Get in your attic. Shh, don't say nothing. Keep it quiet. Yeah. Don't have crushes on boys. <laughs> and just believe that people ultimately are good. Sure. We'll yeah. keep believing that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we haven't said this in a long time, but, uh, you know, we, we do have social media. We're on Broken Corners podcast. We're at uh, on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, and we have a website as well. And um, we're pretty much on every every podcast platform out there. So. If, uh, you know, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast yeah, and send us messages or whatever, uh, reach out, yeah. let us know what you're thinking. Oh yeah. Because, uh, we would definitely, we would def- def- definitely, we would definitely do a, um, a, a reader suggested <laughs> yes, book. Definitely. This yeah. If you got a book in mind, we'll definitely do it. Um, nothing too, um, like nothing like 800 pages, like not a Stephen King book. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to do the director's cut of the oh, stand. Oh my God. Like it. You could stand on the stand. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It's it's the stool. <laughs> oh, that's a dad joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening, and um, we'll see you next right, week, probably. Week. Have a good week. Go out. Oh, go out and vote and wear a mask. God damn it. Oh. Yep. All right. All take right. Bye bye. Bye.